that singing, and uh, Brother Cecil, uh, I, I generally try to tell him by Wednesday what I'm preaching on during the week, and you know, the reasonable thing would be to preach on Jesus' appearance by the sea, or something that happened after the resurrection of Christ, uh, but I was led in a different direction this week, and I'm going to preach from the book of Judges. So turn your Bibles, if you have them, to the book of Judges, chapter number 13, and we're going to read just a couple of verses uh, to start the sermon out. And I, I, I just ask for your prayers this morning. I'm going to be preaching as fast as I possibly can. Uh, somebody asked me this morning, they said, we're singing several songs. They said, do you have a long sermon this morning? And I said, yes, I do. And uh, everybody's face on the stage just kind of turned upside down for some reason. But, but I'm going to preach a really long sermon in the shortest amount of time that I possibly can. So uh, the book of Judges, chapter number 13, if you found your place, I would ask that you please stand to honor the reading of God's Word. And we're just going to read two verses here, um, and then we'll get into the Word. The Bible says this, Judges chapter 13, verses 24 and 25. It says, And the woman bare a son... And called his name Samson. And the child grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan. Between Zorah and Eshtaol. Let's pray. Lord we love you. And God we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house this morning. And Lord I thank you for the folks that have gathered. God I just pray that you would bless them for their effort to be here this morning. And God, as we turn our attention to your word, God, I just pray that you would open our hearts, you would open our eyes, and open our ears, Lord, to receive what you would say to us this morning. And God, we know that nothing can be accomplished, God, unless it's done by you this morning. Lord, I'm just a feeble vessel this morning. God, I just pray that you would use me as your mouthpiece, and God, that you would do your work that you would have done this morning. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you. Give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Everybody's heard of Samson, right? Or at least most people have. He was known to be the strong man in the Bible. And this is a story I've known for a long time. And I've only preached this maybe one or two other times in my entire preaching ministry. But we get here and we arrive in a time in Israel that is it's, it's sort of a transition time. It's sort of an, an awkward time in Israel's growth, if you will, because just a few years before this, Moses and Joshua had both died. And if you you know anything about your Bible much you'll know that Moses was the leader of Israel for several several years correct and then following him you had Joshua and after Joshua died they went into a period called the period of the judges which is what we hear have here in this book and so it was a time when God would call people out from Israel and people would basically just bring their problems to these judges and the judges would sit there and tell the people what they needed to do. Now wouldn't that be a wonderful situation to have these days if you just had a big row of guys sitting right here and if you had a problem with somebody you could just bring it right to them and say here, here's what's going on and the judge would make a declaration. How many of you would enjoy that? I don't think I would. Would you? I don't know that I would but that's what's happening here and so God calls this man out by the name of Samson during this time of the judges. And it says, And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. Now there's a few things that I need to lay out in order to preach this sermon this morning. And it is number one this, that Samson was chosen by God. Do you understand that? We see here that, that Samson was actually called out, and it said that the Lord blessed 
Samson. And as Samson began to grow, that the Spirit of the Lord would actually come upon him and move him to do things. And so God was with this young man. God was, was on this young man at times. And, and there was something different about Samson. It wasn't that he was just a regular person, but that he was actually called to be a Nazarite, to take a Nazarite vow. Now, not to bore you too much with the details of this, and again, I'm just trying to lay the groundwork. The Nazarite had to do three things. The first thing that a Nazarite, or th- the, the, he actually could not do three things. The first of the three things is that could, he could not drink anything that had grown on a vine. So a lot of people think a Nazarite can't drink alcohol, and, and he couldn't. The Bible actually says in, in, in the book of Numbers chapter 6 where the Nazarite vow is found, it says don't drink any, any liquor from the vine. That's the word the, where you find liquor in the Bible. But it, it, it meant any kind of grape juice, fermented, unfermented. You couldn't eat a grape. You couldn't even hardly look at a grape. So that was the number one thing. And then the second thing is that he was not allowed to touch a dead body. And so Samson was not allowed around the the dead, whether it be a human or an animal or anything. And then the third thing, Daniel has actually taken this vow. He's not allowed to cut his hair. And uh, Daniel is, 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 so if I see you eating any grapes, buddy, I'll know that your vow has failed, all right? But, but he, so he was not allowed to cut his hair. And so that's what we always think about. And that's basically the, the gist of the, the end of this sermon is we know what happens with Samson. But between these times, Samson had a very tumultuous life. He, he had a life that, that was, that was kind of up and down. And don't you understand this? That, that this, is, this message is to the, the Christian and I believe that this man, Samson, actually can exemplify and can, and can show us how it is to live as a Christian. Because when, when you become a Christian, what happens? The Spirit of God moves into you, right? Would you say amen to that? Uh, now, Samson, it was a little different. The Holy Spirit hadn't indwelled people at this time. The Pentecost hadn't happened, and so the Lord was on him. But the, the Lord blesses those that are his, and it says that as Samson began to grow, that God began to bless him. And so we have basically the birth of Samson. We have a little bit about him. And then picking up in chapter 14, so we know that Samson was raised in the children of Israel. He was of the tribe of Dan, and he had a godly raising. In fact, his mother was told what Samson was supposed to do, and and so he had a good, godly raising, just like many people have these days. Did you know, uh, in fact, that you can have a good, godly raising and still turn your back on God? You ever seen that happen before? And so this this is basically Samson's MO. This is how Samson operates with the rest of his life. And I'm going to title this message uh, uh, this morning, uh, The Cost of Compromise. Okay, The Cost of Compromise. God had set some standards in Samson's life. And they were just as I stated. He couldn't eat anything off the vine. Uh, he couldn't touch a dead body and couldn't, couldn't cut his hair. Those were God's standards for Samson. But I want, you, I want you to understand this, this morning church, that God has given us all some standards. Would you say amen to that? That God has, it may not be that we, we can't cut our hair, we, we can't, you know, eat, eat any grapes or anything like that, or, or, or don't worry about me touching a dead body, okay? That's, that's, uh, I'll throw that out there. But anyways, uh, 
we don't necessarily have those things, but God has, has told us that there are things and we're not supposed to do, places we're not supposed to go. And so Samson had these rules, he knew these rules, and they were instilled into him. So if you've got your Bibles, and, and I hope you do, I'm going to be reading, uh, I'm going to be spot reading quite a bit this morning. So let's go to, just, just look down below where I just read in chapter 14. And it says, and Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, if, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all thy people that goest out to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Now I want you to understand this, that God has some other standards for his people. And one of them was this, that you did not marry outside of the children of Israel. Did you know that? If you've read any of, of the first five books of the Bible, you'll understand this. And you'll see that God said, don't marry outside of, of the children of Israel. Now there was a reason for this. Let me ask you this, do you think God had a problem and, and just didn't want them intermingling with each other because of, of their skin color or anything like that? No, God did not want them intermingling because it was dangerous for somebody that followed God. God to marry an unbeliever that was where the problem lies is that when you yoke an unbeliever with a believer that usually the believer will get pulled in the wrong direction can you say amen to that I've seen that time and time again that men will marry women or women will marry men that, that are and, and one of them is a Christian the other is not and generally the one is that a Christian just turns their back on God and so Samson goes down to this little town and he's just minding his own business and it says that he sees a woman. Now men, pay attention to me. All you men look up at me right now. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Everybody pay attention. How many of you men remember the first time that you saw your wife? Do you remember that, brother? Mark, do you remember that? How about you, Daniel? you remember the first time you saw Victoria? George, you remember the first time you saw Holly? And I bet when you saw your wife or your girlfriend or whoever it is for the first time that your jaw just hit the ground and you thought to yourself, that is the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my life. Men say amen right there. Amen. You better be saying amen. Now, Albert, it's been a while. Do you remember the first time you saw Sister Fannie Mae? No? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and that's okay, brother. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> But, but, and so we, we, this man, he sees this woman and he locks eyes on her and he thinks to himself, that is, that has got to be the best looking woman I have ever seen in my life. And then he runs back home. He goes back home to his parents and he says to his mom and dad, he said, Hey, I need you to get me that woman. Now imagine that, totally different culture, you get that, right? That could you imagine if men, when you found your wife, if you would have had to run to your parents and say, hey, will you go buy her for me? Because that's what had to transpire here. They had to pay a dowry. That was, that was the tradition of the time is that you had to go and you had to pay a certain price because that family was losing that, that young lady and, and she provided stuff for the family and she did things. So you had to make up for that family's loss. 
And so his dad says, son, he said, is there not a woman among the children of Israel that you would want to marry? And Samson said, no, I like that woman. And he had really, really bad reasoning for that. You know what his reasoning was? Because she pleaseth me well. Man, Dad, that is the best looking woman I have ever seen in my life. I'm going to say this, and, and, and I'm preaching to the young men. So if there's men, young men in here that are not married, I see Daniel, I see Austin, I see Hunter. I'm calling you out by name. I see Nate. Uh, uh, so y'all can y'all pay attention to me, okay? And everybody's over here that's not married. Don't just marry a woman because she's good looking. Can some of you older men say amen to that? Now, you better say, I've got the best looking wife there is, so I did marry the best looking woman in the world. But listen, if you're just after a woman uh, for her looks, or, or young ladies, if you're just after a man for his looks, I, I mean, you're going you're gonna to have some major problems in your life. Say amen. And this, this man, this man Samson, who was anointed of God, do you understand that? This man who God was blessing, this man whose God's spirit was on, was, was, was a man that had a lot of problems. And I want to introduce one of his first problems that he had, is that he was an impulsive person. He was impulsive. He just saw the woman, and he said, i got to have that woman. You know, it's like when you drive into the car lot and you see the first nice car, I want that one. Or you go to Walmart, I want this. And you see it and you're impulsive. And so this man made that decision and it's going to get him in a whole lot of trouble. See, I don't know, the, know if you know this or not, but, but who you date and who you marry can determine what happens for the rest of your life. Or at least for a long time in your life. And so here's a lesson from the life of Samson that we don't talk about a whole lot. We generally talk about the end result of his life. But understand who you, who you choose as a mate or who you choose as a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it is. That can make a, such a large impact on your life. So that is a decision that you cannot make quickly or in a rash manner so, you, do you agree with that Hunter's back there about to cry I can see his face I, I, you know how I know this I was, a young, I was a young boy one time and you men were young men at one time and y'all know what I'm talking about and so Samson he goes and he asks for this woman so he makes this impulsive and rash decision and so his father and his mother, they agree. And so they go down to the Philistine village. And I'm not going to read all of this, but they go down there. And then Samson is coming back and something crazy happens. It says in, in chapter number 14 and verse 5 that Samson went down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and rent him as he would have rent a kid or tore, torn a goat in half if... if if they did that I guess that's what it's saying and he had nothing in his hand but he told not his father or his mother what he had done and he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well so again proof he didn't even talk to this lady he just found her and then in verse number 8 says, And after a time he returned to take her and turned aside to see the carcass of the lion and behold there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother and gave to them. And they did eat, but he told them not that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. 
Now think about this. this. Isn't this kind of an odd story? Wouldn't you agree with that? That he kills a lion. He goes back a week later and there's a honey, a honeybee's nest in this lion. And Samson gets this bright idea. I'm going to get me some honey. Now first of all, it's not very smart, right, to go and straight to the honey and try to get, try to get that or you'll get stung. But what, did, what rule did Samson break? Can anybody tell me? What did he just do? He just touched a dead body, didn't he? Samson touched that dead body of the lion. Now, now, you may not think this is a big deal, and you may not think, well, you know, he was just hungry. He just wanted something to eat. But let me tell you that God had, had given him a vow not to touch a dead body. So what did he do? He sinned. He, he began to, to slip just a little bit. He, he did something that was not pleasing to God. And you know what happened? Nothing, really. You know, we have, the, we have this idea sometimes that if we really commit a sin that we're not supposed to, that God's going to open up the heavens and split the clouds and the light's going to come down or lightning might strike us or something. And we think, uh, and, and, and then we think, man, I, maybe I shouldn't do that. But Samson clearly broke the law that God had given him. And, and for the moment, nothing happened. It wasn't a catastrophic, catastrophic event or, or anything like that. And so Samson began, began this slip. And so let's continue reading. Just, just read on down into verse number 10. And then we'll start moving a little faster. It says, And so his father went down into the woman, and Samson made there a feast, for so used the young men to do. And it came to pass when they saw him that they brought 30 companions to be with him. So the second thing, we're just a few verses into chapter 14. He's already touched a dead body. And then he goes down and he's going to do something. Now, if you don't know what this verse means, you can't really, you can't really understand this. But it says, for so the young men used to do. Do you all see that? It says that there was something that the young men did. And so this was called a mishtah. In, 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 the, in, the, in, in Israel, ancient Israel, this is a Hebrew word called mishtah. And it was a seven-day long party for the bachelors. Samson's a bachelor, right? And so Samson's a bachelor, and they're going to celebrate. And, and some of you were thinking back to after you saw your woman and she was the prettiest thing you've ever seen, that then you had your bachelor party. And I don't want you all to tell me about them because, I mean, ungodly things happen. Amen? That's the truth. I mean, men tell me they're going on a bachelor party, and, and, and I pray for them. But at these bachelor parties, these men, they would go out for seven days and they would drink. They would drink wine. Now, you can argue if it was fermented, it was unfermented. I'm not getting into that. But you know what Samson went, went and, and supposedly did for seven days? Now he broke rule number two, right? And so again, in an impulsive decision... He keeps slipping further and further and further away from the commands that God had given him. So he touches the dead body and then he goes and he begins to drink wine. And then we go on and, and I'm, I'm going to just, for, for time's sake, I'm going to speed up. And so we get into chapter number 15. And it, they, they make it to where he can't see his wife that he's now married. And so basically, Samson sets their cornfields on fire. Now, if you want to read about that, he caught 300 foxes, and he tied their tails together, and he put torches in between their tails and turned them loose. Don't that sound like a really smart thing to do to somebody? Again, another impulsive decision. Wouldn't you agree with that? And then every time Samson w would get mad, and, and Samson 
didn't get something his way, he would go and he would just begin to kill people. There's several different times in this scripture, and I won't read them all, but at the end of chapter 14, he goes and he kills 30 Philistines. And then he goes on and he kills 3,000 men. And then later on, he kills more and more and more. And so the body count keeps stacking up. And I'm sure that Samson's touching these dead bodies. So do you understand that this man, who was supposed to be God's servant, who God had called out and put his spirit upon, is now slipping into a lifestyle of sin? Do you see that? Now let's apply it to our lives today. I see a lot of people start out good. I see a lot of people that accept Christ and and they do good for a while and God blesses and God's spirit is on them and God is in them and, and great things are happening and they're accomplishing a lot and then something happens and they slip up. Now, it would be a disservice for me to stand here and act like that I have never made a mistake because I make mistakes. And here's the thing about it. You make mistakes as well. Amen? You, you ever made a mistake? Have you ever committed sin and, and you didn't really mean to? It wasn't on purpose. It wasn't like you woke up that morning and said, Hey, I'm going to go out here and commit a sin. It just, something just happened. Just like it did for Samson. And then the problem was that Samson did not go, and and we don't see any repentance. We don't see Samson actually being sorrowful for his sin at all. All he does is continues to live his life. Now there's the problem. You should never leave sin in your life. You should, never, you should never just let it build up. But, but as Cecil sung, it, it just seems like that it just happens slowly. You know, the, these things just creep in on us just as they did Samson. And I'm sure that he didn't intend to wake up and touch a dead body. I'm sure that he didn't. Well, he might have woke up and intended to go to that bachelor party. I don't know. But, but as he went, and it seems that things just progressively got worse and worse and worse for Samson. And he was living in that lifestyle of sin. Remember, this is God's anointed man. And then as we go on, we get to the part that uh, we all know about. And he meets, meets this woman named Delilah. And this woman is also of the children of the Philistines. And so they come and, and Samson sees her and they recruit her and they offer her 1,100 pieces of silver, these lords of the Philistines. And now I'm in chapter 16, if you would like to turn over to chapter 16. And Samson, at this point in his life, is, has killed many people. His strength has been put on display. You know, that's, that's what Samson's known for, right? His strength. He was, supposed to, he was the strongest man in Israel, and, and he, could, he could fight like no other. He was a warrior like Israel had never seen. The strongest man probably, maybe, I don't know, to ever have lived. Uh, and the Philistines, they need him gone. And so again, they recruit this woman. Now don't get me wrong here, and, and I'm not saying this in any bad way, but, but one quick way to get to a man is through a woman. Anybody agree with that? Everybody got quiet. I, maybe I struck a nerve, I don't know. But, but the, the, they recruit this woman, and they go to him. Remember, Samson, is what, what's his main problem? He's what? He's impulsive, right? 
And so he sees this woman. But then something begins to unfold that, that it's just, it just blows my mind. The next thing that I believe that was wrong with Samson is he had a lot of pride in his life. See, Samson thought he was the biggest and baddest around. He thought that nobody could defeat him. He had already defeated the Philistines. He had killed probably thousands of them by himself. No help. And so maybe he got a little prideful. And so this woman, Delilah, she goes and she begins to ask Samson on be, at the behest of, of, of these men had sent her. On, and she goes on their behalf and she began to ask Samson. She says in verse number 6 of chapter 16. And Delilah said to Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green withs that were never dry, then I shall be weak and be as any other man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up her seven green withs, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding in the chamber. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he brake the withs as a bread of toe is broken, as a thread of toe is broken when it toucheth the fire, so his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto him, Samson, behold, thou hast mocked me, and hast told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound? And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes, that were never occupied, then shall I be weak and as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said to him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were liars in wait abiding in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hitherto thou hast mocked me, and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest seven locks of my head with the web. And she fastened it with a pen. And she said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awaked out of his sleep, and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. Now, this is the story we all know about Samson, right? Samson was very prideful. He's playing with fire at this point. Do you see that? Do you understand that? Now, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. Say amen if you want to. That's fine. But it seems like Samson must have been a real knucklehead. Would you say amen? Samson, he was a guy that just didn't get it. This woman, Delilah, is sent on behalf of the Philistines who most of the time in Scripture actually represent Satan. I want you to understand that. In the life of a Christian, we would, we would uh, make these people to be as Satan. And so she goes and she asks him several times, Satan, how can you be made weak? And Samson just keeps giving her reasons. Don't you seem that that's very pri a very prideful thing to do? Would you, would you agree with that? And, and he's, he's lying to her. Again, there's another thing God's not too satisfied with. But again, God didn't want him to reveal the, the source of his weakness. And so over and over again, his pride shows up. 
Now, by the, about the second time that she had done what, I had, what he said that, that revealed his weakness, you tie me up with some grass strings that have never been dried, and, and, and then I'll be weak, or you tie me up with some new ropes. If I'm waking up, and this lady's doing what I'm telling her, she's trying to make me weak, I think I would get it, don't you? At least I would like to think that I would come to my senses and say, hey, she's out to get me. But, how many Christians, how many people today can go out and they'll dabble in sin, they'll do things that they know that God is not pleased with, and, and they'll almost, almost get caught in it. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? You see where I'm going with this? They'll get this close to getting caught in it, and yet they get away with whatever they're doing, or, or maybe, maybe they avoid that temptation, or maybe it passes by and, and, and it doesn't fully take place, and so people continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in it, just as Samson did. And, he, and, and, and then the last thing I want to tell you about Samson is, is he, was, he was impulsive, he was prideful, but then here's a great sin, I believe, or, or at least a great problem that we have in our church, is he was, he was unteachable. Now, I'm going to put that in layman's terms. He just, didn't, he just didn't learn from the past. He just, he just didn't get it sometimes. See, the thing about it is, is that generally if, if people have a temptation, how many of you have ever been tempted with something? Raise your hand. Every hand in the house ought to go up. If you say that you've never been tempted, you're lying. Satan will tempt people with, the weird, with sometimes the strangest things that people are tempted by. You know that? You know, people are tempted by uh, just, just a multiplicity of things. They're tempted by, by money and they're tempted by fame. And, and men, be honest with you, what are men a lot of times tempted by? Somebody, somebody tell me, women, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm just being honest. If you didn't know that, that men were sometimes tempted by women, then you must live under a rock somewhere. Samson is a prime example of that in, this, in the Bible that we're reading today. And what I see so many times in people's lives is that is they, they will be tempted and they will give in to the temptation and they will get burnt. Their, their sin will come out and, and, and it will be on open display and they'll know that God is not pleased with them. And then you know what they'll do? They'll go back and they'll do it again. So Samson, in verse 15, And she said unto him, How canest thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her words, and she urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart, and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head. For I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she went and called for the Lord of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Verse 19, And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks, off his head and she began to afflict him and his strength went from him 
And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. You know that blessing that I talked about earlier? That, that, that spirit that would come and, and he was able to break the bonds. And, and so finally, basically he got to the final straw. He had touched a dead body. He had, he had probably drunk wine or at least something off of the vine. And then finally, he gets a haircut. Not a good one, but he gets, you see it happen. And his strength leaves him. I believe at this point in his life that, that Samson was essentially ruined. He's about to be captured by the enemy. Remember, he's defeated these people over and over and over again. And yet this, this time, it says, and every other time something would happen, it would say the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. But this time, what had happened? The Spirit of the Lord had left him. Now I'm going to teach you a very important lesson right here, and it's something that I need to be very, very clear on. We see that and we read, how, how could God do that to somebody? How could, how could the Lord not be there for somebody when they're, when they're in this, this time of need? I don't believe God did the walking away, did he? You know what Samson kept doing? He just, he just kept easing away from God, didn't he? It, it's, it's just like he was just, just day by day, you know, the, the sins got easier. And things got easier to do. And, and he thought, wow, you know, I remember that time that I touched that deadline and I got away with it. I'm going to drink some wine. Man, I got away with drinking that wine and nothing bad happened. You know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to tell this woman what my, what my secret is of, of my strength. And, and then he got that. And you know what God said? I've had enough. Now that, that leads to a, a hard question to ask. Uh, was Samson what we would call backslidden? I guess he was. Uh, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But I want to show you something. As we go on into this, you understand Samson has ruined his life. I've seen it time and time again. People ruining their lives with sin. You remember what I did before I was a pastor here? Anybody remember that? I worked in the probation department. I worked with people that, that were drug addicts and alcoholics and, and thieves and just a number of other things. And you know what I would say time after time is that they had ruined their lives with sin. But you know what I've seen recently and, and, and even more recently than I would like to mention? I, I've seen people ruin their lives with sin. People that went to church every single time the doors were open. Every single Sunday they would come to church and they would sit there and the preacher would preach to them and yet they would have this secret sin in their life. This is hard to preach. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you this morning. But it's the truth. And if there's ever a time the truth is needed, it's right now. 
And that may be you this morning. I, I don't know anybody's heart, but I don't believe God gives me anything by accident. That that may be you, that you may have, have just dabbled in sin just a little bit and just started. You know, oh, it was just a little bit. And then you keep moving and moving and moving and moving. And then you look around and you realize, hey, the blessing of God is not in my life anymore. What happened? What's going on here? And, and so we find ourselves in this state that Samson was in. And so the Philistines, they begin to celebrate. They begin to have a party and they take Samson down to prison and they put him down there in the prison where he's uh, grinding on a wheel, basically making maybe grinding corn or something. And so they, they bring him out. Let's read in verse 25 and we'll be finished in just a moment. Chapter 16, verse 25. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may make us sport or that he may entertain us. And they called for Samson out of the prison house and he made them sport and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said to the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may fill the pillars whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the Lord of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld Samson made sport. Now verse 28, this is important. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee only this once. O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood, and upon which it was borne up of the one with his right hand and the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein, so that the dead which he slew and his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Now this was a tragic way to go, wasn't it? Horrible way to go, really. I mean, it, but even God used something bad for good. I want you to understand this, that Samson was in this state and God's Spirit had, had left him at this point because he had turned his back on God. But then it said, and Samson called upon the Lord. Do you see that? And what happened? Do you, do you see what happened? God heard him, didn't he? God heard Samson. And he gave him that strength back. Now, I don't know, I don't know how the rest of the story would have went, but Samson basically killed himself right there. And he took all these men with him and, and this, this great uh, thing happened to the Philistines. And, but I would like to think that maybe when that strength was restored had Samson not died, maybe he would have been back in fellowship with God. You think? You think God would just give it to him for a minute and then take it right back away? I don't think that's how God works, do you? And so let me say this in closing this morning, that maybe you've slipped out into places you shouldn't be. Maybe you're doing things that are not pleasing unto God. Guess what? God will hear your prayer. God will listen to you. God will take you back. But you know what Satan wants you to think this morning? That God has no room for me anymore and that God won't listen to me. Man, I've went too far. I've done too many things. I've, I've displeased him. 
God is a God of mercy. He is a God of grace. And just as He was merciful to Samson right there, He can be merciful to you this morning. God, we love you. And Lord, we thank you this morning. And Lord, as we examine this scripture, Lord, I hope somebody has taken this to heart. And that, Lord, we can understand that that we can be like Samson sometimes. Temptation comes our way, and we just give in to it. And, Lord, as we compromise more and more, there's a great cost to that. And, God, I just pray that you would deal with hearts this morning, Lord, that you would help people to see that you are merciful. And that, Lord, you don't want anybody to live like that. But God, you want us to live in your blessing. And God, you want us to live with your spirit on our lives. God, we pray that you would help this morning. God, touch as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen.